0: We are looking at a topic relating to the Sukkah, uh, which, um, in, which in a sense, uh, is, is theoretical and moot, but in a sense is very real. Uh, so I'll start by asking this question and a little unfair because of the mute issue, but ask this question. Um, how many meals do you have to eat in the Sukkah? And it's a question that's addressed in the Mishnah. And your instinctive answer would be as many as you normally eat. I mean, you would think, and besides ignore the issue of spending at certain chutzlarts. Let's look at sukkah in its prime fashion of seven days. Uh, you would assume that you have to eat between um, five and three, three and five meals in the sukkah. That's my guess. If, like this year, is uh, sukkot is on Shabbat, it's a one day yontif. Sukkot is on Shabbat, then you have to do three meals on the sukkah, because you have to do three meals on Shabbat. We've already done a shiur on that. And you have to have on the sukkah. And if, let's say, Sukkot falls out um, during the week, like uh, next year, it's going to be on a Tuesday. So Tuesday, Monday night and Tuesday, you have to have meals. And then Friday night and Shabbat and Shabbat afternoon, you have to have so five meals. That's pretty much it. That's what you would think. Not so simple. And the truth is actually going to be on both sides of that divide. Um I want to show you the one key pasuk right away, pasuk number one. We're going to come back to the other pasukim later on in the shiur. Uh, But um, the key pasuk is the one pasuk in the whole kanach that commands us to live in a sukkah, pasukot, teshvu shivat, yamim. Source number one. You are to dwell in the sukkot for seven days. Kol azach b'Yisrael, yeshu, sukkot. And the only other pasuk relating is the next pasuk, that is something we did in the shiur last week, which is the ma'an yidu dorotechem. What's the reason to live in the sukkah? You should know I caused you to dwell in the sukkah, etc. But the command itself is right there, and it's one single word, which is teshu, to dwell. Okay, keep that in mind as we take a look at our core text. Our core text is source number six and seven. Six is a mishnah, in the second parakel of sukkah. Just to give you a quick overview. Masachat Sukkah, which we will get to in, I think, about a year and a half or so, or a year, in Dafyomi. Uh, Masachat Sukkah is made up of five Prakim, and they're easily divided. Like The, the breakdown is very well organized, well orchestrated. The first parak is about Kashrut HaSukkah. What's a proper Sukkah? The height, the width, the, the breadth, etc. The second is really about yeshivatsuka, Sukkah, how to properly dwell in the Sukkah who's exempt from the sukkah, etc. And a lot of tangents, obviously. The third is the Arba Minim, totally Arba Minim, Lulava Gazul, etc. The fourth parak is sort of the combination. And it looks at sort of a calendar and says, okay, how many days of sukkot do you have Arba Minim? How many days of sukkot do you have arava? How many days of sukkot do you have Simchat etc. And the fifth and final parak is the description of sukkot in the Beit HaMikdash, focusing on Simchat Beta Shoiva. And, of course, every one of these comes with its, own, with its own tangents, as is the way. So here we are in the middle of, towards the end of the second parak, about the mitzvah of yeshivat sukkah. How do we dwell on the sukkah? And here's the mishnah, Rabbi Eliezer Omer. And he's going to be our watch guy today. Our Now, he says something which... On the face of it doesn't sound so weird. You could immediately take it apart and find something strange about it. We'll do that. He says, you are obligated to eat 14 meals in the sukkah. That doesn't mean you sit down on the first day and eat 14 meals. It means that you have to have a meal each day and each night, or each night and each day of sukkot, which means Friday night you had a meal, Shabbat day you had a meal. Saturday night you had a meal, Sunday day you had a meal. Last night you had a meal, today day you had a meal, etc., Two times seven is 14. Very simple. That's his approach. Now, you can immediately take that apart and ask a question. Well, what does it Rebbe Liezer demands? He seems to demand that you have regular meals in the sukkah, and part of the mitzvah of living in the sukkah is to have your regular meals there, which should mean his number should be what? It should be 15. Because even if you only have a meal every evening and a meal every day on Shabbat, you have three. So, that even the number 14 is a little bit strange. we we'll have to see how we tinker with that. Chachamim omrim, chachamim disagree and say, There's no set amount, meaning you could have 42 meals in the sukkah, and you could have no meals in the sukkah. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean you could eat out of the sukkah? No. Does that mean you could eat just snacks outside of the sukkah? okay. But we have a big problem with that. The only time that you're obligated to eat in the sukkah is the first night. That's it. So Chachamim say you're obligated to eat the first night in the sukkah. Besides that, as much as you want, as little as you want, up to you. You can have a thousand meals in the sukkah. You can have zero meals in the sukkah. And you just have to have one on that first night. And Rabbi Leazar says you have to have 14. Now, before going any further, we don't. Know, what does Rabbi consider the first night to be any different than anything else? It looks like not. It looks like he says every night of Sukkot and every day of Sukkot you have to have a meal. First night, second night, all the same. Chachamim say first night stands out as unique, and the rest of it is up to you. Now, up to you again is a big problem because um, you have Shabbat. Oh, forget again about second day Yom Tov. You have forget Shabbat lunch on first day. Where are you eating it? So. Big problem with the statement. And you're going to see some really surprising things here. V'od Rabbi Eliezer. Part two, Rabbi But the V'od seems to indicate that Rabbi second statement is somehow connected to the first. It's not just Rabbi Eliezer had two separate disagreements about the Sukkah. It seems to be somehow connected. We'll see. Mi yom if you didn't eat on the first night in the Sukkah, you can make it up on the last night of the Sukkah, meaning on Shmini Atzeret, Not in the Sukkah, by the way, but you can make it up on Shmini Atzeret. It's a very bizarre notion, making it up. It's something we're familiar from, with in only one area of halachan, that's Tefillah. We have Tefillah Tashlumin. If a person uh, uh, was uh, anus, or totally forgot, and the mincha they say to Shemona, so he Mari, that's Tashlumin. here introduces, Ochel Tashlumin, making up a meal. And you missed the first night for whatever reason, he doesn't say what the reason is, you could make it up on the last night. The Chachamim Omrim, Now Chachamim until now seem to be the lenient ones. They said, as many meals you want, as few meals you want. Now they come down on the hard side of the coin. Ein Tashlumin, there is no making up. The Pasuk in Kohelet, that we'll be reading this Shabbat, um, and it's I always read this past Shabbat, Kohelet, a crooked thing cannot be fixed, a missing thing can't be made up. And in Chagiga, there's a whole bunch of different drashot on what, what that Pasuk is interpreted midrashically. Chachamim say, this is an example of something that cannot be made up. You missed the meal, you can't make up the meal. Okay. Uh, we don't know what the reasoning is, we also don't know how these two things are connected. Okay, so let's immediately go to the Gemara, because that's our, our key source, right here, source seven. And it says, as you can see, in the middle of the second paragraph the Avchav my de Rabbi Eliezer. Why does Rabbi Eliezer say you need 14 meals in the sukkah? And the answer is, Teshvu, and then, Ke'en Taduru. Now, it's important to note that this is a very famous Midrash on the word teshvu. The word is teshvu in the Pasuk, the midrash is kain taduru. And teshvu kain taduru means live in the, the application of it is you live in the sukkah just like you live, kain, just like you live in your house. Right? So what you normally do in your house, you do in your sukkah. Now teshvu kain taduru is not said by Rebbe Eliezer. It was never said by Atana. It was something that was formulated in Bavel in post Mishnaic times. But it's the explanation of why Rebel Yezher says what he does. I don't mean Rebel Yezher doesn't accept it. I mean, he just didn't use that formulation. And then here's the, here's the application of that analogy. Ma dira, achat hot payo, a just in your house, you have a meal, just like in your house, you have a meal every evening and a meal every day. They would typically have, have two meals a day. We've talked about this a few times. They would have a meal at the end of the day around uh, dusk, and they would have a meal mid morning. That was their typical way of eating. So just like in your house, you have a meal in the evening and a meal in the morning, so the same thing in the sukkah. Now notice what Rebbe is doing. He's saying, in your home, your normal way of doing things is to eat one. Doesn't mean, you always have to. Sometimes you go out to eat. Sometimes you uh, skip a meal. But your normal way of doing things is one at night, one during the day. So therefore, in your sukkah, you must have one during the night and one during the day. Interesting application. And so now, Rabbanan, now it's important to note. Rabbanan are the ones who say you could have as many as you want, as few as you want. We're not explaining Rabbanan's reason. What we're doing is we're deflecting Rebeliazer's proof. Important to understand in the methodology of Shaklavataria, of the back and forth in the Gemara. I bring position A, and you disagree, you say not A. And now I want to prove that A is correct, or somebody on my behalf. 200 years later in a different country, is trying to prove or support my position. So they bring a pasuk. Now, there are three different ways that that proof can be deflected. One way is to disregard the source. I got a different source. That source is not relevant. A second way is to say, I, I agree that the source is relevant, but the source doesn't mean that. And the third way is to say, the source means that, but your application is faulty. You think about it, every time that there's a deflection of a proof, it falls into one of those three categories. Either I reject the contextual propriety of the source, or, you're right, the source is meaningful here, but you're not interpreting it correctly, or else you're interpreting it correctly, but you're not applying it correctly. You will see which one happens here. Rabbanan say, which means they are accepting points one and two. Teshvu ke'intaduru is the relevant pasuk, and the relevant meaning. You live in your sukkah like you live in your house, but your application is faulty. What's that? Ma ibai achil, ibai lo Just like in your house. If you want to eat, you eat. If you don't want to eat, you don't eat. Right? You know, you're, you're, you had a big lunch. You don't want to have a dinner. Uh, you're trying to lose weight. You're, uh, you had an allergic reaction. You just traveled. Whatever reason, you're skipping a meal. You want to eat, you don't. You eat. You don't want to eat, you don't eat. So therefore they say, you're absolutely right, Rebel Leezer. By the way, Rebel Leezer and Chachamim didn't have this conversation. We're having this on their behalf. They're saying, Rebbe Ezer, you're 100% right. Sukkah should be like your home. And just like in your home, you eat when you want to eat, you don't eat when you don't want to eat, you skip meals or you have more meals based on whatever's going on. So the Sukkah should be the same thing. All right, so that's where Rabbanan are with this, which means they say your application of the rule is faulty. So, yomto rishonami. So, if that's the case, why did not the Chachamim say first night of Sukkot you do have to eat? Think about that. First night of Sukkot is just a night of Sukkot; it shouldn't be any different than anybody any any other time. And so, but they agree that you have to have a meal or you have to have some food in the Sukkot first night. So, where'd that come from? Okay, the answer is we got a different source. Amar Rabbi Yochanan. So before going further, let's scroll up and take a look at Sources 3 and 4. Um, and the truth is that Sources 3 and 4 are not the only places we, ha- we could have we gone. We could have gone Bar for this, because the date that the Torah gives for Pesach, not Pesach, for Chag HaMatzot is Chamishasa, Yom Lechodesh 15th day of the first month. Right, which is source four, and uh, in source three, the date that Torah gives for Sukkot is Hamisha the Yom Shvi'i. I mean, that's just the date, the fifteenth, the fifteenth, and there's nothing else the Torah could have said uh, because it's the fifteenth. That's the day that it has to single out. But notice the green uh, parallel there becomes a Hamisha Sar, Hamisha Sar, and back to our Gemara. I kept it in green here. Just like Sukkot is defined by the date of the 15th. So Pesach is defined by the date of the 15th. And now we use Pesach as the index and Sukkot as the target in the analogy. Just like on Pesach, the first night you have an obligation to eat matzah. Afterwards, you want to eat matzah, eat matzah, you don't want to eat matzah, you don't eat matzah. Don't need matzah. I want to ask you this question. During Cholamoid Pesach, do you how much matza do you have? The answer is much as you want. You want to sit down and have a breakfast with matzah and, and and eggs or whatever, fine. You, you want to sit down and have some cottage cheese and, and an egg and no matzah, you can do that too. Right? It's for shoot. So therefore Afkan, Khan So therefore the same thing with sukkah, which is the first night is an obligation, afterwards it's voluntary. And what does voluntary mean? Does voluntary mean you could eat out of the sukkah? No, it means that you could not have meals. You could sit in the sukkah and have snacks. You don't have to have a full meal. That's what that seems to mean. Okay, so now, vahatam, just to finish this piece up, menal, on how do we know that you have to eat matzah the first night? So go back to the source, number five, which is from Parshat Bo. Barishon matzot. So the Torah, independent of the Korban Pesach, besides the matzah that you're supposed to eat with the Korban Pesach and Maror, there's a separate statement. The Torah says that in the first month, on the fourteenth at night, Dainu Seder night, in the evening you have to eat Matzot. Okay? So therefore, in our Gemara, still in the blue, makra, matzot, akatuv kiva' o chova. The text established matzah, the first night, as an obligation. Okay, so that leaves us with the following equation, which we assume, of course, is the halacha, because it is the halacha. You've never had anybody get up and tell you, make sure tonight, tonight is the second night of Cholamoit, make sure tonight to have your meal and to wash and to have some bread in your sukkah, make sure tomorrow, sometime during the day, you know, at Mincha they say, did you yet have your cook? quick go home and have your, nobody says that. So we assume halacha is like and that's a pretty good assumption. And we'll see it in the Rambam, and you can see it in the Torah, Halacha is like chachamim, which is that the first night you have an obligation to eat, a kazayit in the sukkah, and the rest, if you want to, you can, if not, not. But I'm going to ask you then the following question. How often do you make the brachah matzah? Not hamotzi, but al-achilat matzah. How many times do you make the bracha al-achilat matzah? The answer is once, at the Seder, the first night. Okay, so second Seder, example, first night. How often do you make the bracha? Every time you eat a meal, including tonight. After this year, I'm about to have dinner in the Sukkah, and make L'sheh Basukah. So why do we do that? If eating in the Sukkah during the week is kind of like eating matzah during the week, then why do I make a bracha on Sukkah? I don't make a bracha on matzah. That's my question, by the way question that we've shown him as. So just to put that out there as a little bit of a problem with this equation of saying that the first night is obligatory and the rest is voluntary, the parallel doesn't work that smoothly. But we're not out of the woods even in our Gemara. The odd ama Rabbi Eliezer, the Gemara quotes, the second machlok, remember I pointed out the word va'od seems to indicate some sort of a connection between the two discussions. And here Rabbi Eliezer said, that if you missed the first night, you could make up the last night. But they're bothered by that because they say, But well, what's the question? The question is: Rabbi Liezer in the second part of the Mishnah says, if you missed that special first night meal, you could make it up the last night. But if he says that you have to have a meal every night and every day, then why doesn't he just say, if you missed on the last day? And why is he going back to the first night? The first night, according to him, is no different than any other night or any day. Every night and every day you have to have a meal. So why is he going back to that? And the, 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 the Talmud here says something that's going to shake us up a little bit. Amar Avira, Amar Chazar Bo Rabbi Eliezer. Which means that Rabbi Eliezer changed his mind. Which means now, let's look back at the Mishnah for a second, and you're going to see something remarkable no plug here, but between the lines. Rebbe L'ezer Omer, the first part of the Mishnah. Stop, Rebbe L'ezer says, you're right. And you only have to have a meal the first night. So therefore, Rebbe L'ezer then comes along and says, however, given that I now agree with you that you only have to have a meal the first night, if you miss that meal the first night, you can make it up on Shemini Yatseret. And Chachamim say, no, you blew it, you blew it. Okay, which means, by the way, now, ruling is a very simple thing because everybody now agrees that you only eat a meal the first night and the rest is up to you. Because now Rebbe changed his mind. He backed off and he accepted the Chachamim, which means everybody's on board with saying it's only the first night you have to have the meal, the rest is voluntary. This is not so simple. But I want to take you right now uh, to a problem that's... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm without looking at the text, I'll just share the problem with you and then we'll see it later on in the Rishonim. Is it true that the rest of the Sukkot you want to eat a meal, you could. You don't want to, you don't have to. It's absolutely not true. You certainly have to have a meal on um, on the um, you certainly have to have a meal on the second on the first day for lunch. You have to have a meal on Shabbat. And again, I'm forgetting about Sarah being in the sukkah because that's a Chutzars thing. I'm forgetting about the second day to Just prime prime Israel kind of consideration like this year to say that, how can Chachamim say, Yibai Achil, yibai achil. And what's the real cruncher to that is this little piece here in Brachot, source 11. Here we go. Amarav Ibi Baravin, of Amram, of Nachman Arashul. Parenthetically, I just asked a very good question on the chat. He said, why would Rebbe Leezer talk about him waiting until the last night to make it up? Why not make it up uh, earlier? Um... And maybe what he means by that is you could even make it up the last night, and that's part of the thorny question in Masachal Chagiga about how closely Shmini is related to Sukkot. How much is it a separate holiday, and how much is it part of Sukkot? All right. So that may be part of what's going on there. But it's a good question. Am Amram, Am Nachman, Am We see it in source eleven. You're davening Shmona Am Chodesh and you forgot Ya'alev Yavo. You have to go back and say it again. You skipped Yalav Yavo. You go back. We're not going to talk about the issue of Arvit, but let's say Shachrit. You missed Yalav Yavo. You have to go back and say Shachrit again. Mazon and But you sat down after Shachrit when you said Yalav Yavo, and you zav and Musa Shod, beautiful. And you sat down at breakfast, and you ate a bagel, and you had cream cheese, a beautiful. And you benched and you forgot Yalav You do not. Re- re- uh, Repeats uh, birkhat amazon, All right? Amr Amram. So Rav Amram quoted Rav Nachman saying this, and now Rav Avin asked him, "Why are the two different? After I think about it, berkat amazon is from the Torah. Shouldn't that be more strict?" Amr You know what? I repeated this halacha, but I didn't get it either. I had the same problem. the Rav Nachman. I asked my Rebbe who I heard from, Rav Nachman. And remember, he's quoting Shmuel, so I didn't hear it myself from Shmuel, meaning the question is an obvious question, and the original person who said it just said the diktat, which is the law. Rav Nachman repeated it, and he said, I don't get the reason, but I didn't ask. Rav Nachman said it to Rav Amram, he repeated it, he also didn't get it, so he asked Rav Nachman. Rabbi Nachman said, I don't know, I didn't him a reason from Shmuel, but let ourselves inve- analyze it and see if we come up with an answer on our own. Tfilah is an obligation. Meaning, you have to daven. So therefore, if you davened and you left that Yalav you have to go back and say it again. Are you obligated to eat a meal on Rosh Chodesh? No. And therefore... Since eating a meal is voluntary, birkat Hamazon is not really an obligation until you eat. But it's not an inherent obligation in the day. It's a circumstantial obligation if you eat. In other words, what he's saying is, tefillah is an essential part of the fabric of the day, of every day. Birkat Amazon is not a necessary part of the fabric of the day unless you happen to eat a meal. Therefore, if you forgot the Yalva, you don't go back. By the way, that is the halachat. Elamayata, if that's the case, Shabbatot Viamim Tovim Delasagi Del Vachil. So on Shabbat and Yom Tov, where you are obligated to eat the Hakinami tayadar. So if you forgot Yalaviago on Sukkot, let's say on the Yom Tov of Sukkot, or Ritseva Khitsenu on Shabbat, then you should have to go back and repeat Shwaraswe. Am Ralaein, yeah, you're right, you do. And by the way, that's the Halakha. So Friday night you benched, and you just benched like it was a weekday, and you skipped Yalav, whatever Retzel, and you have to go back and bench. Because eating a meal is not voluntary. You are obligated to eat a meal on Shabbat and on Yom Tov. Now you see what the big problem is. Because in our case, we said, the first night is special, the rest of it is like matzah. You want to, you don't have to, whatever, it's fine. Very strange. Very strange. The strangeness will continue to unfold um, as we look through things here. Now, the next place I'd like to show you is in source eight. Uh, but first, I want to show you one more pasuk, which is pasuk number two on the page. At first blush, it seems to be absolutely unconnected to our sugya, and that's an appropriate uh, reaction. And it is a pasuk that is described at the very end of the description of the Shivat Yemei Hamiluim, the seven days of inauguration that Aharon and his sons went through prior to the construction or the setup of the Mishkan and their, and their beginning of their, their eternal career in the Avodah. So every day of the seven days there was a ceremony. And what were they supposed to do? Ufetach oil moed teshu yomam valailah. <laughs> you are supposed to live day and night by the door of the Mishkan. The Mishkan had already been set up, and you're supposed to be sitting outside of that door day and night. Shivat yamim, for seven days. That's Moshe telling them what they're supposed to do. Okay, keep that in mind, and let's go down and take a look at the Yushalmi in Source 8. <clears throat> now, remember the Mishnah just had the dispute between Revoliezer and Chachamin, Do you have to have meals every day and night or not. Ma So what's Rabbiazer's reason for saying a meal every day and every night? kan teishvu because here it says Basukot He quotes our Pasuk about the miluim. Nothing about Teshu can't tell you here, by the way. Ma Notice that in the story of the Miluim, it says seven days, day and night. Therefore, we make the yeshiva in the sukkah days and nights. So that means that Rabbi Eliezer says you have to be in the sukkah the whole time. Now that doesn't explain exactly the meals day and night. Okay, so then watch this. Rabbi Yocham Hashem, Rabbi Shmuel Namar, Tevav Pesach, Namar Tevav Bchag, Hamishasah, Hamishasah. We had it. Malach Pesach, Lather, Vishon Asher Kol Emim Meshut, Apter Rabish Namar Bchag All right, so that's the reason that we saw for why you have to have a meal the first night, according to Chachamim. But Rebel Leezer's reason is a little bit unclear here, but what's more than that is, do you remember in the Bavli, it said that Rebel Leezer changed his mind and backed off and agreed with the Chachamim? There's no obligation every night and day? Ushalmi doesn't say that. And that's going to be critical, and now I'll show you surprise number one. Surprise number one. Uh, unless it's a surprise number two. I don't know. Um, I want to take a look at Midrash like Achtov. Midrash like Achtov is an 11th century midrash from Italy. Uh, it's commonly known as the Psikta Zutrata, but Midrash like Tov. And take a look at what we have in this midrash. You have to live in the sukkah. And this is, by the way, in its comment on chumash. It's not a halachic book. It's comments on chumash. Therefore, Chazal said, you eat and drink in the sukkah, you drink in the sukkah, sleep in the sukkah, hang out in the sukkah, hang out. In sukkah. Bring your nice dishes into the sukkah, learn in the sukkah. Okay. Notice, the like Tov here is quoting the Vasuk that Yerushalmi quoted for Rabbi Eliezer just like in miluim, days and nights are all together, it was a 168 hour period of staying in, the, in front of the al same thing with the sukkah now watch what they do now I want you to point out how odd this is this is 11th century this is not 4th century this is 11th century this is almost a thousand years after Rebel Yazar and Chachamim have the dispute. Almost a thousand years after, at least according to our report, Rebel Yazar already backed off of the obligation to have 14 meals in the Sukkah. And here in the eleventh century, reading a Midrash on the Torah that says, that's why Chachamim said you have to have 14 meals in the Sukkah, one day and one night. Very odd. Very odd. That's surprise number one. Um, just a little bit of, a, of a hors d'oeuvre here. That's Sukkot. We should have a little bit of uh, Simchat Yom Tov. Take a look at this little passage from the rest of the Yerushalmi, Um, because according to Chachamim, there's a connection between Pesach night and Sukkot night, correct? And by the way, we all know this, that anybody who spent time in the East, Mr. Lorch, I don't know what your weather was like this year, but Anybody who spent time in the East or anywhere else where the weather is more interesting knows that if on Sukkot, suddenly it's raining, Arab Sukkot, we get all the, now we get tweets about what to do and, uh, you know, and how long you have to wait before the rain might stop in the middle of the night so you can go out and make Kiddush in the Sukkot and eat a kazayit, Right? And the rest of Sukkot, we don't have the same kind of thing. Watch what the Yushalmi does here. It's, it's really cool. Chavraya <laughs> baya so they made a suggestion, if we're going to compare Sukkot to Pesach, let's compare it a little further. What do we not do ere Pesach? The answer is we don't have a meal. Erev Pesach in the afternoon, we don't have First meal. It's the first Mishnah and the tenth Perak. Not a lot of a meal. You have snacks, not a lot of meal. Why? So Rashi on the spot, Rashi on the spot says, so that you come to the Seder really hungry. All right, the is an interesting take. He said you should feel like a slave when you come to the Seder, really hungry. Okay, but you want to eat matzo with gusto, which, by the way, it's very hard to get gusto for matzo, so you do it by not eating. All right, so he says, So they made the suggestion that maybe if we're going to take this parallel further, that means you really can't have a meal of Sukkot because you should eat your first meal in the Sukkah with gusto, just like the matzah, because of the comparison, which is interesting, because the food in the sukkah is often quite more tasty and interesting than matzah. Anyhow, just an interesting thing to take a look at. Now, I want to draw your attention to the Rambam here, where I mentioned this problem um, of the of the nature of the reshut, but then we're going to get into, into some thornier things. The Rambam, um, in Hilchot Sukkah, source 12, says very simply, yom tovishon Choba. You're obligated to eat in the sukkah the first night. Afilu achal pat yatsayi dechovato, you just have one kazayit that's enough. Mikan ve'elech the rest of it is up to you. Ratzalechol suda, the sukkah. you want to eat a meal eat in the sukkah, ratza enochel, you don't want to eat, don't eat. El perot of which is very strange. You could just have fruit and snacks the rest of the week. Not true. You got a yunt of meal on, during the day, you got Shabbat of sukkot, not nice. not true. And he compares it kedina achilat pesach. Okay, now notice that just something we all know, but in source thirteen, the Rambam explicitly says you're obligated to eat um, two meals um, and on, on three meals on Shabbat, two meals on Yom Tov, and the meals on Yom Tov have to be with bread and there has to be wine there, etc. So how does the Rambam say that you only have to eat first night of Sukkot? Very odd, right? Now, 14 and seven and 17 highlight the problem that I pointed out earlier. Every time you come into the sukkah to eat, you make the brachah. according to the Rambam, by the way, and many others, he's shown him, every time you walk into the sukkah, you make the brachah of the sheva sukkah. That's the only one's custom also. Uh, we're more, we, we side more with Rabbeinu Tam, who says you make it on eating. All right, fine. But every time you eat during the week, tonight, and have dinner, I'm going to even though I'm said it the first night. Okay. Um, interesting that the that the Yushalmi actually has a different approach. In the pink, you can see in source 15, it says you make the the on Sukkah first night. That's it for the whole week. And the Rishali in Brachot in in, in the third parak asks what the difference is. Very simple. Sukkah is 168 straight hours. It's one nonstop mitzvah. So you make the brachal the first night. That covers you for the whole week. Lulav, on the other hand, is every day because you don't do it at night. So every day make a bracha on the lulav. All right, that's a side thing. Okay, but we're still stuck with this problem which Rabbeinu Manoach in source 18 brings up, which is I don't understand why you make a bracha on a meal in the sukkah during the week, but you don't make a bracha on matzah during the week if the two are compared or the two are parallel. It doesn't make any sense, right? Very odd. Okay, so we have... What essentially are two problems? And then I'm going to end this year, not yet, but end this year with uh, a real nice surprise uh, that really came to my attention a few days ago, is the reason I decided to take the shear in this direction. Um, one problem we have is this whole notion that meals during the week, besides the first night, are voluntary. It's just preposterous, it doesn't make sense. So, Toast addresses the issue. The ritva addresses the issue. There's a ram that addresses the issue, and Tosfot and the Ritva come up with different answers. And then the Balamar in, in Psachim comes up with an answer which is just flabbergasting. It's just it's wild, right? Tosfot here says the following Tosfot on, on, on the spot, ask the question How can you think that you don't need to have meals the rest of the week when? the Gemara and Brachot said the reason that you have to go back and say uh, benching, if you've got Yol is because you're obligated to eat a meal. Anyante. Because He do not get it. So he says, um, he says, Lomi toko right after the underlined, Ela Belele Yom Tova Rishon Yom Rishon He says the statement in the in the Bavli about having to repeat Yol V'Yavo is only first night of Pesach and first night of Sukkot. If you think about it, this is a wild statement. he's saying it's only the first night of Pesach, the first night of Sukkot where you're obligated to eat a meal that if you forgot Yalaviayavo then you uh, then you have to go back and say it again. But if you've got Yalaviayavo on uh, Yontif lunch right then then you're not and by the way, what about Shabbat lunch in the Sukkah right leaving that alone okay now um the, he, he challenges himself from a statement, which is going to be the, the jumping start, jump-off jump point for the for the um, balamar. He says there's a very famous discussion in Psachim uh, in Daf Samachet, which is the famous machloka between our own dear Rabbi Eliezer and his partner Rabbi Yoshua, his disputant uh, Rabbi Yoshua, about how to celebrate Yom there are two different holidays called Atzeret. One of them is Shmini Atzeret. One of them is Seventh Day of Pesach. Seventh Day of Pesach is called Atzeret Lashem, a gathering for God. And Atzeret is called Atzeret T'ye Lachem, a gathering for you. And so the Gemara says, how do you reconcile these two? Um, besides saying, well, maybe one holiday is more spiritual, one's more physical. And so Rabbi Yezer comes and says, O Kulo Lashem, O Kulo Lachem. Meaning, you could spend any, all Yom Tov, any Yom Tov, the whole day in the Beit Midrash, learning and diving, no no eating. You get snacks, whatever, no eating. Or the whole day is eating and drinking. And Rabbi Yeshua famously says, split the day, every day of Yom Tov has to be split. Half of the day is tefillah and limud Torah, half of the day is eating and drinking and enjoying, in that in physical enjoyment. All right? So he asked that question, and he says, I don't get it. Rabbi, Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Yoshua, himself says, o kulol Hashem, Okulo Hashem But Rabbi Yoshua was the other group, says that you ha- every Yom Tov has to have a Vachem. That's a meal. So he says, Yeah, that could be meat and fruit. You don't have to have, you don't have to wash. You can avoid your karma Okay, interesting. The Ritva, and just you see the Ritva here, but the Ritva essentially goes in the following direction. In a sense, it's a very um, very clever, and I mean that in the most positive of ways, a very sharp analysis, which says the following. What is my, let's go back to the Mishnah, what is my obligation the first night of Sukkot? My obligation is to eat a meal in the Sukkah. By the way, I am obligated to eat a meal in the Sukkah on lunch of Sukkot, and on Shabbat of Sukkot. I am. But what's the nature of the obligation? The nature of the obligation on the first night of Sukkot is to fulfill the mitzvah of sukkah. The first night, I'm obligated to fulfill the mitzvah of sukkah, and how do I fulfill the mitzvah of sukkah? By expressing my my dwelling in the sukkah by having a meal. What about the rest of the week? The rest of the week, I do what I I do regular living things in the sukkah. By the way, I also have a tangential obligation to eat a meal because it's yantif. I have a tangential obligation to eat a meal because it's Shabbos. And therefore, those days, I eat, and by the way, since it's Sukkot, I have to have it in the Sukkah, but it's not part of the mitzvah of Sukkah. And I'll give you the proof. It's a great great argument. I'll give you the proof. What happens, and I, I know many of us have been there, I've been there, when you build a beautiful Sukkah and you have company you invite over and that morning you wake up and it's pouring. It's boring, right? Well, not say, not first night, just okay. Shabbat of Sukkot. It's boring. And you have company. You know, your company, you're all sitting there. Remember, happened to us in Pittsburgh. We're all sitting there looking at this gorgeous Sukkah that we built outside, getting drenched on while we're having a meal in the house. Let me ask you, do you say Yalav Yavu in that benching? Of course you do. Why? Because you have meal. You're obligated to eat a meal. And by the way, does anybody say if you can't eat in the Sukkah, you're exempt from eating a of meal, exempt from Kiddush? Of course not. You're obligated to eat because it's yantif. Now, since today is sukkot, any meal you want to eat has to be in the sukkah. In other words, the sukkah is circumstantial to the meal. The first night, sukkah is inherent to the meal. That's the difference. And that, by the way, plays out in practice, because the first night we sit and wait and wait and wait and wait and do whatever we can. And I don't know about you, but I've been in the ice out in the sukkah making kiddush before, you know, on the first night. But only the first night, because that's essentially about the mitzvah of sukkah. And there's where the parallel with matzah is created, and there's where the parallel with matzah breaks down a little bit, right? But I want to quickly take you to the Balamor because it is absolutely wild. The Balamor, we've met him a number of times, Provence, 12th century, makes the following statement. He says, <laughs> He says something which is just staggering. He says that on Sukkot, only on Sukkot, you ate your meal in the Sukkah the first night, and that exempts you. And therefore, the next day, if you want to, you can have a snack outside the Sukkah. You don't have to have a meal. You don't have to have a meal. It's wild. You know, if you want to, you could fast. On Sukkot, you could fast. He says that Sukkot has a different flavor in, by the way, the exact opposite direction that we're accustomed to than every other Yom Tov. You think about it, every Yom Tov is man chirutenu, is man but Sukkot is man simchatenu. And this is a time of tremendous feasting, etc. He says Sukkot is different than every other Yom Tov because you're not obligated to eat a meal. You know why? Because the Torah compares your sukkah to your house. And therefore, just like in your house, you could eat, not eat. By the way, that's not true on Shabbat and Yom Tov. You have to have a meal. But he says, just like, you know, as he's saying, what you do is in your sukkah all week, including Shabbat and Yom Tov, you behave like you do weekday during the house, in the house which means you want to eat, you want to, you don't eat. By the way, this is not accepted. The not even close. But it is a flabbergasting position. And watch what he says in the green. Just like Rabbi Yezer used this notion of the house being like the sukkah to be machmir, that is, the sukkah like the house to be machmir, which means just like in your house, you have a meal every night and every day. In the sukkah, you're obligated to have a meal every night and every day. Mishani Chachamim sukkah is different than every Yom Tov. L'kula. By the way, Rebel Lezer does not think you have to have a meal every night and every day of Pesach. He does because of Sukkot, because of Teshvuken Taduru. He says, Reul Amar says, so Chachamim do the same thing with Lakula leniently, and say Sukkot uproots the obligation of a meal on Yom Tov, and even the meal on Shabbat, because for these seven days, you do what you want. You don't want to eat, you don't have to eat. It is a, a wild position, but I want to end it with what's another big surprise. And of course, we should have fun. We should have fun with our surprises. Um, as you, you may remember from a shiur that I gave back in Brachot, Berkatamazon, which is Doraita, is has a text which, of course, is not Doraita. The text is not in the Torah, and the text of Berkatamazon is something that was developed, you know, certain themes are mentioned in the Gemara as having to be there. But I, if you remember, I shared with you numerous poetic forms of Birkata Mazon that were composed in the times of the Gaonim for different occasions. And I just want to thank my dear friend, uh, Professor Avi Schmidman, I noted his name at the footnote here, uh, who did his doctoral dissertation on Birkat Hamazon Fuyetet, the poetic Birkat Hamazon that we have. And this is one that he published. It was found in the Geniza. And by the way, just note the form. There's a, a poem, the first eight lines, and then. Second bracha. It's all about the Arba Minim. Noadim shevet b'tzukah Sovas sova smachot You know, it's enjoying the meal because the second bracha is about the food and thanking God for the land. Or che arba who set up fourteen meals in order for us to. And by the way, there are at least five different versions of berkotam Mazon mefuyatot from Eretz Yisrael from the sixth and seventh centuries that mention the obligation of fourteen meals. 14 meals. What are you talking about? I thought that we ruled like Chachamim. There's only one meal you're obligated to have. Very strange. And Kakatub, Tony Rachaim, Sosach, Ravanech, and Right? Okay. And now you see the Barchat line. This is very, very strange. And it was brought to my attention by an article written by uh, Yisrael Yaakov, Stahl, uh, Yaakov Yisrael Stahl, uh, that just came out in a journal uh, last week. Uh, beautiful thing. Um, um, so what seems to be the, seems to have happened is if you recall all the way back at the beginning sure the we looked at the Ushalmi. remember in the Bavli it noted that Herbal Yezer in the end concurred with Chachamim and said you don't have to have 14 meals in Ushalmi, that line doesn't exist and evidently the notion in Eretz Yisrael was that Eveliezer held his position that you have to have 14 meals and that for some reason, there was a common custom in Eretz Yisrael to have the 14 meals during the week. Maybe not as a halachic obligation, but as a desideratum. Because you cannot write a poem that everybody's going to say, Berkata I mentioned the 14 meals, if nobody ever heard of the 14 meals. Evidently, it was a fairly common custom in Eretz Yisrael to practice like Rebbe of a meal every night and every day with washing, with hamotzi, with Burkat Mazon, as part of celebrating Sukkot, adopting Rabbi Eliezer's position. The interesting thing is that we found it in Source 9 in an Italian Midrash. So here's where a little bit of Jewish history comes in. As you know, the exiles that we have really moved in two directions. One from Eretz Israel to Italy and then north into Germany, and that's where Ashkenaz Judaism came from for the most part. This is like really a broad stroke. And then Babylonia moved with the Muslim conquest across northern Africa into Spain. And that's where Sephardi culture, which is why Sephardi culture was far more connected to the Babylonian tradition. And the Ashkenazi really had much more of the Eretz Israel tradition. I'll give you one example. What's the bracha that we used yesterday in Musaf um, at, at Te'arav? Instead of machzir shechina what do we say? That's the bracha that was said every day in that, in that, in that bracha uh, in Eretz Yisrael. In other words, we adopt the minhag Eretz Yisrael. It's unknown in Sephardi circles. So what happened is the traditions of Eretz Yisrael made their way to Italy. And in Italy, we find this midrash in the 11th century that mentions the 14 meals as if that's a well-known fact that we have the 14 meals. We find out and see that in, the, in our sugya. We started out by looking at the Mishnah with Rebel opinion versus Chachamim. We saw the Bavli's development of it where the where the um, the uh, the claim is that Re- that Rebel Yezer then concurred with the Chachamim and accepted their position. And the Rushalmis, which in the end did not have that backing off. We saw um, some of the difficulties in the Rishonim of looking at the meals during the week of Sukkot as being voluntary, we saw three different approaches. Tosfat's approach, which is, you really don't have to have a meal, you could have snacks, etc. The ritva's approach, which is, of course you have to have a meal, but the meal is not a deen of Sukkot, it's a deen of Yom Tov. And the Balamor's position, which is to say, Sukkot uproots the obligation of meals because of Kain Taduru. And then we ended by looking at this very curious passage, but it's not curious in, in the sense that it's not unique, If anybody's interested in Stahl's article, please let me know and I'll be happy to send it to you. He has a text of five different uh, poetic berkotamazon from the Geniza that mentioned the 14 meals, along with numerous other sources, which indicate that the notion of the 14 meals was not rejected totally and was practiced evidently widely in Eretz Israel in the 6th, 7th, 8th centuries um, and made its way into piyut.